Hey, you guys, what's going on? Uh, okay, I'm always like, I'm always paranoid the fucking microphone's gonna turn itself off. Uh, what's going on, everybody? It's Tuesday, and it's time for another movie review. Uh, Mango just pet said in the uh, comments that this is a great film, one of Browning's best. Yeah, I kind of feel like I need to see more of Todd Browning's early films. I was watching a thing earlier that was kind of it was about freaks but they were talking about like a lot of the background before it like a lot of the movies that he had made like with Lon Chaney and stuff like that like back in the 20s and some of those sounded batshit insane like in the best possible way so I'm just kind of like yeah I, I don't know why I haven't seen those and actually like um there was one called the unholy three which actually had uh the little person actor who plays Hans in this one and actually that guy the guy that played Hans um, it was actually his idea to do this movie. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he was the one that wanted to do it. So, yeah. Freaks, you guys, from 1932. Uh, this was the movie that Todd Browning did pretty much, like, after Dracula. I guess he'd been wanting to do it for a while. Like, since the 20s. Because I don't know if you guys know, but Todd, Bro Todd Browning, before he got into... Uh, being a director, he actually, when he was 16, ran away from home and joined the circus. So, uh, yeah, so he worked as a carnival barker and stuff like that for a while. So he was, like, taught, he was, you know, making movies about stuff that he had a lot of experience with. I thought it was okay movie. It's pretty good. It's a very simple story. Uh, it, it's almost kind of like a variety show. Just a bunch of scenes with freaks in them. Real freaks. You know, people with no arms and legs and people with no, without a lower half. And they were, like, right out of the sideshows. Um, a bunch of what they call pinheads and um, and then it just individual scenes of you know comedy type stuff they're almost like little comedy skits and some of the shit was kind of like uh, terrible you know what I mean where the normal people were treating the uh, the, the, the sideshow freaks uh, with disrespect you know but then it turned out that as the, as the story unfolds most of the normal people in this story are the, are, are the real freaks. Yeah, and they're, are, are assholes. Yeah, they're assholes and they're freaks. And then the, <laughs> the sideshow freaks are actually the cool people. They're, they're sticking together. And like so, I said, this was kind of one of the first films to do that, I feel like, which may have, because I was watching a couple of documentaries about like a lot of the cultural context behind this. And, I, okay, so I think it's going a little bit far to say that this ruined Todd Browning's career. Although, I will note that he only made four movies after this. And this movie, uh, when it came out, was almost universally reviled. Um, because, and I don't think it's for the reasons that maybe people thought it was. Because you have to think that, like, prior to the 1930s, maybe. And I was watching this uh, really interesting documentary about this, where they were talking about... You know, the 1920s was, like, real big, like, the eugenics movement was, like, really, really popular. And they said another thing, too, that, like, in horror movies of that time period had featured, you know, actors with disabilities and things like that before, but they were always the villains, essentially. So I think that people weren't really ready to see a movie that had people with actual disabilities like that, or deformities, or whatever you want to call them, uh, portrayed in a sympathetic light where the normal people were the villains. Not all the normal people in the movie were villains because, like, some of the people were okay. But the villains of the piece were clearly Cleopatra, the beautiful 
trapeze artist and Hercules, the circus strongman. Yeah, he ain't strong though. It's just funny. Well, he was a, the he, guy. well, he was he's a strong big, man for that time. For that period. time, yeah, he's big, but he's skinny. I, I was just like, he's doing all his muscles, and I'm going, keep working on it, bro. Keep working on it. Well, like I said, there wasn't. It's not like they had a lot of like competition back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was another thing is that they they showed there was a lot of like dudes running around shirtless and they're doing doing work and I just have a hard time believing that those were just average physiques for the time because those dudes were skeletal. And you know, by today's standards, you would just think, man, that dude is really fucking skinny. Well, you have to think too yeah. that this was like right around the fucking depression, the depression and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. So they yeah. probably weren't eating all that good. Yeah. Slasher Fred said it just shows what you consider to be normal and abnormal. Yeah, I mean, and there's been... It's crazy because I kind of feel like um, Mango just pointed out this was banned in the UK until the 50s. Yeah, and um, like I said, it came out... Here's the thing. Like, we watched the version, the version that's on HBO Max. It's 64 minutes, and as far as I know, that is the version of it that remains. However... The original version of the film was actually an hour and a half long, the one that Todd Browning made. But they did test screenings back then, and the audiences were so horrified, people ran out, people flipped out. One woman tried to sue because she said she had a miscarriage because of it. You know what I mean? Like, everyone was (laughs) like fucking drama queens, you know what I mean? So MGM were just kind of like, okay, well, we can't have this. And they went behind Todd Browning's back and cut the film. And even in spite of that, um, it's still like when it came out, it pretty much got savaged. I think there was a couple of critics. I think the critics of the, of the New York Times liked it. But it's like m- mostly everyone was like this. Who would even make this? This is like appalling and all this other kind of shit. There's some sensitive bitches, man. They were, not, man, back then. Too, Holy yeah. shit. And that, well, the, the thing about it that I know for a fact, I don't think that this footage exists anymore. But from shit that they talked about back at the time, stuff that was cut out, um, they took out a lot of stuff where they actually kind of showed the freaks, um, you know, doing that to Cleopatra at then, like making her into like the chicken lady or whatever. Yeah. Or I guess she was supposed to be a duck, maybe. I'm not really sure. But like, so they had, there was more shots of them like fucking her up, like doing that kind of stuff. Also... Uh, Hercules, the strongman, they castrated him. Uh, yeah. And, like, at the end, there's, yeah. like, a scene of him, like, singing, like, in a really, really high, yeah, like, yeah, castrati yeah. type of voice with, yeah. like, with her, like, quacking, like, next to him. Uh, yeah, that'd have been cool. So, the, I know, it's like, they yeah. should have left that in. But, like I said, they were just very delicate back then, and I guess they just couldn't yeah. take it. It was just, you know, <laughs> a story about a bunch of carnies, you know, and they're kind of fucking semi-criminal. And, uh... Cleopatra starts extorting the little uh, midget guy. He's not a dwarf. He's a midget. Uh, he's got, you know, he, he looks totally proportionate. So did his, his fiance. She looks totally proportionate. Even also. though, you know, in real life, that's actually his sister. Is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they're brother and sister. But they're just totally proportionate. Look like little people. And uh, Cleopatra is uh, bilking him for money. You know, and stringing him along like she's she's in love a with complete twat. Yeah, this. and then behind his back, laughing at him, and then eventually she ends up just mocking him to his face. He, she's actually sleeping with a strong man, Hercules, and uh, they offer. It ends up in the end, you know, all the freaks offer kind of like a, a, a this ceremony to accept her as one of them. You know what I mean? That she could be part of the gag. And she laughs at him, rejects him. She's like, she's just like, like, horrified yeah, by yeah, that yeah, suge- suggestion. Because she clearly like thinks that she's better than yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And the freaks are just people. 
You know, they, they, they're very well humanized in the movie. They're not. They're not yeah. turned into monsters. Which I think Even they them, didn't get back in the thirties. They didn't 30s. get that back then. No, they really didn't. Like, because this is just showing them just doing regular shit, like yeah. just being normal people. And I think yeah. people were just they didn't they weren't ready to see that. I guess they I had, don't know why, but they had all the little pinheads. And they're all dressed up as girls with things. The way they were dressed as girls, even if they weren't girls, is, I don't understand what. Well, that, that one, um, the one that was in there that we were talking about, that's kind of like the famous guy, um, yeah. Schlitzy. Yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was a man. Well, they yeah. said that the reason, because I, I was looking on the Wikipedia, because he has his own Wikipedia page, because like I said, he's quite famous. Um, they because he was in sideshows all of his life, pretty much. Yeah, and. They, I was trying to figure out, I was like, was that a thing? Like, why they put them all in dresses and stuff? I think that part of the thing was one of the characters that he played, like, when he was mm-hmm. in the sideshows, mm-hmm. um, they were trying to, like, introduce another element of, like, weirdness or, like, ambiguity. Yeah. yeah. And also, they said, and this is kind of, like, fucked up, but, well, because he was microcephalic... Mm-hmm. Um, he had... He was about at the same level as, like, a three-year-old or something yeah. like that. So, um... Sometimes, like, when he started to get a little bit older, uh, he was incontinent. So okay. they said they that he had to wear diapers all the time. Yeah. So they said, so it made it easier, the, like, right, yeah. just to put him in outfits and, and like, in, mo- in moo-moos like that. Yeah. Because it was, like, easier to change the diapers. Yeah. But... Yeah, well, that, that was, if you guys were a fan of the old Howard Stern show back when Howard was funny, he had a guest, a regular guest all the time from the whack pack it was Beetlejuice and he looked like he had that little head just like out of that like with the yeah the microcephaly yeah and then his nickname is Beetlejuice I think he's dead now but uh, he was like that too he'd he'd crap his pants and would talk and not really make a whole lot of sense but he liked being on the show you know they were well they were nice to him you know what I mean they would goof on him but he didn't you know he, he was getting paid and you know, he was getting invited to, to all these little things. A lot, a lot of Howard Stern's whack pack liked being on the show. They liked the attention. But, because um, he wouldn't be doing anything else, you know. And that was just kind of the thing. If you are a freak, you better learn how to make money out of that. You might want to join something like a circus. Or that's the way it was back then. You needed protection. You needed income. You needed some way of showing off what made you different, you know. And you could... Get 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 a, get an amount of security behind it. Well, and there so, was a community there, the community like you know what I mean. Like everyone would be cool with you. Like yeah. you probably, if you had to, especially back then, and even probably nowadays. Yeah. Um. You know, back then, like you couldn't live yeah. a regular life. No. Everyone would probably like fucking. Well, you'd be throw thrown things to, at you. You'd be thrown to the wolves. You wouldn't survive. You had to be taken care of. So they went to those circuses. They were, you know, they they showed the the the, the microcephaly. What do they call them? Microencephaly. Microencephaly. They showed them. Yeah. And they were just playing like kids and just you know hanging out with each other. Yeah, they're just like yeah. Yeah, and then you can say, hey, I'm acting in the movie, crawling along with the other ones and having fun and. Um, yeah, I the, mean the from... one the one famous one you're talking about. He says some stuff and he doesn't make any goddamn sense. But they said I don't think he could make sense. No. He couldn't make any sense. No. He just, well, it, like sat, I said, it was he a was, voice, but it yeah. just didn't make any sense. Well, like I said, he was about like a three-year-old, so yeah, he was yeah. like a, you know, he had like yeah. a toddler like vocabulary, yeah. like he could talk and stuff. But the thing about it was that from everything that I read about Schlitzy, 
what that he um he loved being in the circus. Yeah. He just thought it was the coolest thing ever, and yeah. he, and everybody that knew him said that he was like super happy and everything. And when he got a little bit older and like he couldn't be in the circus, that like he was really sad about that. Yeah, because he just liked being around all the people. Yeah, and he had I, a good time. I would think the dude that amazed me was the black dude with not not he had no arms or legs. He was just a body to head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he with his mouth. Gets a, gets out a cigarette and a match and strikes that match and lights that cigarette just with his lips. Yeah. And st- and he's smoking and talking. He's yeah, just, he's, and quite, he's just and he's just he's a normal, quite famous. Also. He's just a normal guy, just without any arms and legs, and he just he pulled that damn cigarette out. And he didn't roll it, but I would imagine somebody else had to roll his stuff for him, but because it was a hand rolled cigarette. But uh, he pulled it out and a match and, and lit it on the matchbox. Yeah, that but was kind of one it. of his things that yeah. like he would do like for yeah. people to. He had the matchbox, he set it down on the ground, he had the match and then the cigarette in his mouth and struck the match and then held it in a certain way so the flame went up and got the... And he spit that out and then just sat there and was smoking and talking. And uh, it was a pretty impressive trick. And then they had a girl that was born with no arms. She was quite cute, actually, of no arms. And she's eating at the table with her feet, drinking with her feet and stuff. Um, But it looks like... She didn't even have little stumps of arms. It looked like she didn't have shoulder blades. It looked like the price. Yeah, kind of like congenital. I said, pretty much everybody, yeah. like all the performers in this, were yeah. famous. They were they were yeah. scouted from actual. Yeah. So they were all like very well known. Yeah. At the time, like from being in various carnivals yeah. and things. But it's a very simple story. Uh, but it's kind of an enjoyable watch. Uh, it's not shocking by today's standards at all. The deformities are not gross or anything. They're just regular deformities that you'd see. Like, you didn't see anybody that, you know... One of the worst deformities I've seen was just somebody who had been born with syphilis. And they come out and look just like Eddie from Iron Maiden. Look like a living corpse. And, man, can you imagine that? That's not even your fault. You know what I mean? Nothing you can do. Just born with that damn virus. Well, that's what I mean. It just kind of... um, Yeah. But that's kind of the thing about this movie that, like I said, I think people in the 30s just weren't ready for it. Yeah. Because prior to this, you know, people had seen horror movies and things like that, but... I kind of feel like there had there had always been like a really strong association between somebody that was funny looking or somebody that was weird or ugly yeah. or something like that and evil. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, whereas this movie, it very much shows these performers. It doesn't even show them performing in the no. circus. It's all behind the scenes. Yeah, they're just in their trailers. And they're just in their trailers doing, doing regular shit. It's like, yeah. you know, the bearded lady, she has a baby. Like, it's her and the human skeleton. Yeah. Like, they have a baby together, and everybody's like, oh, look at a baby. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just doing regular, normal people shit. And for some reason, like, people in the 1930s just were not having it. Like, they couldn't. And you know what's really fucking sad about this? This, when I was reading about, like, the background behind the making of this movie, this actually really upset me. So I'm like, while they were making this movie, some of the people, like, complained about the quote unquote freaks eating in the commissary. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when they're and so they had to make them a tent so they eat outside because because some of the people were like, oh, well, we can't eat without throwing up yeah. because all of those people Put are in there. here. Yeah. And I was just like, man, people sucked back then. <laughs> they had a very small they're fucking awful, very small window of acceptability. Uh, yeah. Back then, and, and I was like, that's awful. But uh, well, I think I think you know, a lot of people were sheltered. They didn't have internet. Yeah. They didn't have. They didn't have television. wasn't around yet. So it the learning pro, life learning was took a lot longer back then. 
because you didn't have access to information. You didn't get the exposure. Most of those people never left their hometown. You know? Yeah. It's a big deal to go to California. Oh, man, I'm here in a big city now. I'm going to go try to get one of them jobs over there at Hollywood. You know what I mean? It's just... And a lot of them girls just ended up being hookers. <laughs> you know, that's usually how it went. Uh, but people were sheltered back then. Yeah. And then you still have societies like that. Yeah. You know, China's like that to a certain extent. Japan and Korea, not as much. But they, you know, they're, they're deformed. If somebody had any kind of deformities or irregularities, they're just kind of shunned, you know. Yeah, because there's still that really strong, yeah. which we had here, like, you know, that people had here, like, back then, obviously. Yeah. That yeah, like, if, it's rude and unpleasant to see that person. Get them out of here. Don't embarrass Well, and them. they, and, and I think yeah. they, the people ha were making a connection between, like, your outer appearance yeah. and your moral fiber. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, God must have blighted you. Like, you must be a terrible person, like, if well, that I, happened to you. I don't think in the East they look at it that way, though. That's No, I'm that, just, I was talking about here. I'm yeah, just here. That, that, was actually, that, was like that goes a, back to the Greek golden age. Well, yeah. The Greeks thought that, that form and function were fucking one thing. You know what I mean? So you looked a certain way because you were bad or good. You know? But in the East, it's more like, well, it's impolite to show this person in public because it will offend them. So we're going to hide this person. Yeah. That's how they'll do it. Yeah. Which is fucked up. That's their justification for it. Well, this is polite society. We can't show these people. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's just... <laughs> Me and Jen were eating in a damn restaurant, and then just... woman came around a corner, and her husband's holding her back, and she's, ah, hi! Fucking trying to get to Jenny and kissed on her and shit. I love you. And she obviously had had a stroke. But they're basically just having to keep her from running around. Well, who's to say she can't go into public? You know what I mean? Her yeah. family can take her to public. They were watching out for her. Yeah. She was friendly. You know, it wasn't her fault that she had a stroke, but she definitely was not in control of her faculties. Yeah. But she was pleasant. Just annoying because, you know, she wants to get in your mix. Yeah. But that's just, you know. But I mean, she didn't You have to put know. up with that, you yeah, know. Yeah, she didn't know any better. It's just a regular person, you know, older person and, you know, had a stroke. And, uh. She's going to try to get in your fucking face. Yeah. And tell you she loves you. And then let me kiss you. She was kissing on her and she let me kiss you. And I was like, oh. Okay. That's all she does. She said hi to everybody and I love you to everybody and fucking give me a kiss. And just that's, uh, that was a trip. Remember Tammy that? Tammy said it might have been Alzheimer's. Oh, maybe. yeah, maybe. Maybe been that. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe been that. But they were taking at, her out. At least she was happy. Yeah, and she was experienced. She, she seemed to be having a good time. She was ex sure. experienced coming outside, you know, that's all. Her husband was fucking almost on, had her on a leash almost. Yeah, I was like, hey, come on. Come on, let's go over here and like eat some yeah, lunch. Yeah, he had come to on. fight her. Come on, come on, go over here, go over here. Come on, come on there, pushing her, and she's, uh... Yeah. Tom Sykes says Beetlejuice is still alive. Is he still alive? 54 okay. years old. 54, all right. I thought he had uh, died some, for some reason. He also says... Some of them have died since, but I don't remember which ones it was. He also said, uh, doesn't Florida have a sideshow freak town for the freaks like portrayed in the episode of the X-Files? Yes, uh, yeah, we do. Gibsonton. Yeah, that's where they did the uh, Crab Boy murders, yeah. Did we do a show about that? Mm -mm. I don't remember if we did a whole show. Yeah, Grady Styles, like the guy. He was Lobster Boy. You know, like he had the hands. I don't know. What do they call that? I don't know. They're, they're, that's a damn disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something dactyly. Yeah. They had this woman. She was beautiful as hell. She was uh, uh, a um, news reporter, and she had that. And they gave her false hands to wear. Yeah. And nobody knew that she had that. They kind of kept him out of shot. 
But she was real good looking. She was one of the local news reporters in one of these states. I forgot. They did a little show on her. This was back in the 90s. They did a show on her. I thought, you know, it was like, damn. You know, nobody. And she said that nobody knew. Because she had like the fake. She had fake her. hands. She put her hands inside some prosthetic hands, and she'd go through papers and stuff. But it was just a, it was just on the surface. Yeah. But she looked like a supermodel. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's um, that Grady Styles guy. Yeah, he had that. Yeah. He had that too. And he was yeah. like I said, he was always inside shows as Lobster Boy, and then he ended yeah. up killing somebody. That would actually make a good show, maybe because that dude was like super interesting. But um, but yeah. So like I said, the thing that happened with this when they ended up cutting up half an hour, cutting half an hour out of it because of the whole castration and all that other kind of stuff, they took all that out. But even so, um. It, it lost money, one, and, like, everybody, like I said, it just got fucking savaged. And I think MGM didn't even let it finish its run. Like, it pulled it. They pulled, they pulled it out of theaters. And it got banned in the UK, a couple other countries, too, I think. So it was, like, a big deal. It really didn't get rediscovered. I thought this was kind of interesting. It really didn't get rediscovered and appreciated for what it was until the early 1960s. And actually what ended up happening was like it got rediscovered kind of on the French art house circuit. Yeah. Like they ended up seeing it and they were like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And so, and I think because as the 60s went on, I was reading a thing that said, um, you know, because in the 60s, like the word freak started to take on a more positive connotation. You know what I mean? It's like, these are people that are, you know, shit on by society and they're just kind of like, they've formed their own family. They're, you know, it's humanizing them and they get back at their oppressors. And I think people really dug that. Like, I don't really think they got that in the thirties because the cultural context was different. But when the sixties came along, this freaks actually got rediscovered a little bit and started going like on the midnight movie circuit. And it eventually developed this like huge cult following, obviously, which like I said, nowadays, you know, everybody's in, people are talking about, like, American Horror Story, which did a season that was kind of based around this, and, you know, so, and, you know, the Ramones very famously, yeah. like, used some of it, and it's a lot of that big scene, like, at the dinner table with the One of Us ch- chant that's been used in, like, lots and lots of things, but, you know what I mean. Um, Tom Sykes says, a Florida paranormal show about multiple different paranormal cases would be cool, including the lady who com- spontaneously combusted in her home. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. I remember that lady. I remember reading about that in um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what's it fucking what's the one with the museum? Ripley's, believe it or yeah. not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Mister eighty eight said I would rather a random person kiss me than Christian me. Yeah, me too, probably. Yeah. Me too, probably. Yeah, uh, Mister eighty eight said the woman you were talking about, where her name was Bree Walker, the girl, she, the girl with the hands. She was married to the sportscaster. Jim yeah, okay, Vance. all right, yeah. Yeah, that's um. Yeah, you used to see that a lot in uh, sideshows, I guess. Yeah. But, like, nowadays, I guess because they have better prosthetics and stuff like that. So, I guess if you're born I don't like know that, if it's the exact same disorder. I remember her her hands, I think it was just two. Yeah, it's like two. Yeah, it's like that kind of. And they looked real bony knuckles, real bony knuckles on them. They, you know, they, they looked like extraterrestrial, like some kind of alien. Yeah, yeah. Kind of. But she put, her, put them inside some of these gloves that they had built for her that, on low res television back then, you know, CRT screen TVs, you could it was kind of fuzzy enough where you could get away with it. Nobody knew, but she was like like a supermodel. Look at her; she looked like a like like a ten, you know. That's how I remember her. She was cute. Well, you could probably look her up nowadays. Yeah, he I did. Mean, on the, yeah, yeah, what I'm just saying, you could probably look up yeah. the picture of her to see what she looks because I don't. I've heard of her, but I don't think I don't. I don't what was remember what she looks like. Hold on. Um, 
Wait, I just saw it. Bree Walker. Bree Walker. Bree Walker. B R E E. Uh, Richard Brown said Rondo Hatton always played a baddie because of his illness. Yeah. Um, even though I will say in the, what was the one movie that he was in that was on Mystery Science Theater? Mm, he was called The Creeper in it, but that wasn't the name of the movie. I think that was one of the titles. What the fuck was the name of that thing? But yeah, he was in that and he was a villain, but he was like a sympathetic villain. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he was still a villain. Like, he still killed people, and he was essentially, like, a serial killer, which is not good. But they did kind of make him a little bit more sympathetic. That was the one. It's the one with the blind lady, like, the blind piano player lady. It was kind of like a Frankenstein-type story, to be fair. And, like, she could, she wasn't scared of him because she couldn't see him and stuff like that. He had, I can't remember what the name of his disorder was, but he just had that. It was that, I think it's that one where, like, the bones in your face, like, don't stop growing. So he just had, like, this really, really big face. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it was that kind of thing. We were, um... That's her right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah, she's familiar. Yeah. So okay. she's, she's as I remembered her, pretty much. Yeah. Camp Guy said, I remember seeing freak shows at the Atlanta Fairground in Lakewood, Georgia, in the mid to late 60s. I'm an old fart. Yeah, I kind of feel like... I mean... I think you didn't see them... At, or it wasn't as widespread for a while... But then I kind of feel like in the 90s, it almost had a little bit of a resurgence as people were kind of like, you know, because they had like the Jim Rose sideshow and all that kind of stuff. Although a lot of those, a lot of the people in that were usually like, you know, people that, you know, had like tattoos all over their body or like, or were do, or did like stunt type things, like rather than having been born with a particular thing. But I think that there were some, because I was watching something the other day that had, um, that had a girl that was in one of those that she was kind of like, Cuckoo the Bird Girl, who was in this movie, who was in Freaks. Like, she was the one that was, like, dancing on the table at the wedding. Um, she had the same... I think she had the same disorder as that girl. And I think she was also, like, did the same costume, like, an homage to her. So, you know what I mean? Uh, it's talking about Cirque du Soleil. And then... Wait a minute. Where was the other thing that I wanted to talk about? Uh, let's see. So, yeah. All... <laughs> So, um, yeah, they also had the guy that was, that didn't have any legs. Like, that guy was pretty famous, too. Like, he, he would go around as, I think it, I think his staging was, like, the half boy or something like that. And the conjoined twin sisters and everything like that. But like I said, it's interesting because I was watching this thing and they were talking about, is Freaks really a horror movie in the purest sense of the word? No. No. I mean, I guess... It sort of is because of, you know, but not really. I don't know if I'd call it. It's a revenge story. Like, it's a revenge thriller, but really at the beginning, like, for the first two-thirds of it. Comedy. It's almost like a comedy or, like, just a domestic drama type thing. Because basically all all it's doing is showing just the background relationships and stuff like that of all of these people and just establishing... Their humanity and establishing like how what their regular lives are like. The the first part of the movie actually kind of follows almost like a vaudeville format, where it's a bunch of scenes and some little acts that happen with little jokes in it. Yeah. But they kind of link together to paint a picture of what the hell's going on with this group of people, and then it builds up to to revenge story at the end, where the bad people get get what they deserve basically. Well. Maybe I might have been going overboard, but they were they yeah. fucked they fucked around and found out. 
That's what I said. Jimmy said that shit. That's what I said. They fucked around and found out. They fucked around with them little people and they found out, man. Yeah. I'm just well, okay. I mean, you could say that it's yeah. a little harsh what they did to Cleopatra. Yeah. I don't think it is because, she, I mean, one, she was the worst. She was a monster. She was a monster. Yeah. I mean, she was just a horrible, horrible person yeah. and didn't really care who knew it. And she's like, hey, fuck you. I'm she pretty. I'll get away with it. She also planned to kill him. So I guess she didn't yeah, deserve she, it. That's what I mean. She yeah. was going to kill him. She was going to kill him. And yeah. I think that the best thing about the revenge that they took yeah. on her was that they didn't kill her. No, it made her what but she But they hated. made her what she most hated. And they're yeah. like, now you, have, now you see what we have to deal with all yeah. the time from people like you. Like, yeah. now you're going to experience that. Yeah. So I think that was, like, the perfect revenge, honestly. And it took Hercules' manhood, see? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so it was, like, per- I can't I can't believe they, like, took that yeah, out. Yeah. But it, was I, good, it was good writing. It's just uh, the people were sensitive at the time, and they, 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 didn't, they didn't want the finger pointed back at them. It probably insulted them, too. Because they wanted to see these, they wanted to see these uh, sideshow people as the bad guys. When the bad guys yeah, won, they were like, "Oh shit!" That's how it usually was up yeah. until then. And honestly, like even a movie that Todd Browning they didn't get it. Yeah, well, they didn't he, want to get it. They, I think they didn't want to they get it. I think it. it made people uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, because even a movie that Todd Browning had done a few years before this one that had um, Harry Earls, the little person, had him in it. Um, that was called the Unholy Three, and he was in it, but he was like a bad guy. Yeah. Like the the Carnies were like bad guys. They were um like one was a ventriloquist, and I can't remember what the third one was, but they were scamming people. Mm-hmm. Like and Harry Earls, he played a guy who would he pretended to be a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know he was he was real little and he had like that real baby face, so he would pretend to be a baby like to scam people out of money and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I think people were really comfortable watching stuff like Phantom of the Opera or, you know, London After Midnight or something like that, where it's like the the horrific-looking person was indeed the villain. Yeah. But when you just showed them as regular people, just with regular lives doing regular shit, like just hanging their laundry out. And that and, you're the monster. <laughs> right, and that, and, and that the beautiful, like yeah. the beautiful people are... Yeah. Mean are mean and horrible yeah. and cruel and the worst yeah. and are fucking these people over then I don't think people were ju- I don't think they were ready to deal with that they right because this was really kind of the first movie that had done that well what's funny is that uh, what I think is strange is that the first thing that's said in the movie is when you're going in you're going into the freak show and the car- there's a carnival barker out there and he says you know come in and see these freaks basically he says you can you laugh at them, you despise them, you're disgusted, and it's and it's nothing more than the luck of your birth has prevented you from being one of them. And the first I like I like that the they added that. First that, that they said. said that. Yeah, and, it, and that was that supposed that could, to, like that could be you, motherfucker. Yeah, it could be you. It's just the luck of your birth. You're not one of them. And, and see, that was a that was a very very insightful thing to say to to an audience of the 1930s. They're like, you're just lucky that you're born normal. Most, most, some people aren't. You know, yeah, and, and they it's like and you, you know they despising them, and you're doing this and that, and you're, you're laughing at them, and uh, you know it's just by luck of your birth. Yeah. So there's really nothing special about you, okay? And uh, so they they lay it right out in the beginning of the movie. So I don't know why the audience the audience didn't absorb that message, evidently. I guess not. Or well, didn't and, want to absorb that message. And that's the thing, too. A lot of uh, later critics have, like, you know, analyzing this movie. They're like, this is a very overtly anti-eugenics 
movie too because there's a scene very early on in the movie where one lady and i think um i don't remember if it's like if it's the historic woman or something like that and like the microcephaly people Mm -hmm. but they're all just like playing in the woods and then these two guys like come walking along and one of them's like those people it's like they should have been drowned at birth or whatever or smothered at birth or whatever and then it's like we have to get them out of here what are they doing on our land and all this other kind of crap but then the other guy like sees them and he's just like, nah, you, you guys are good. Yeah. You, can, you can stay. Yeah, the eugenics things, you know, kind of... I can understand doing amniocentesis, and if somebody's going to be horribly deformed, you might want to go ahead and abor- uh, prevent that birth, abort it, start over. Because why would you condemn somebody to that? But there's a difference between horribly deformed and just unusual. Like yeah. my friend T- Tito is a dwarf. Working over at Universal Studios and Disney and he's a great dude and he comes to the club and fucking talks about dwarven women and just women in general you know and he can talk up a storm and dudes he's a great man he's short so what right and then you go on um, Instagram and uh, fucking you see in Central and South America they don't have as much amniocentesis so dwarves are born well dwarves aren't really being born in the United States like they used to be it's almost kind of like it's almost kind of like wiping out a whole species of people in a certain way you know so here in North America most of the dwarves we have come from Central and South America well you know me being on these little fitness rings and looking at bodybuilders they got some fitness and bodybuilding chicks that are dwarves and, and, and they're cute, real cute. I can show you pictures of them. Who's to say, who, who are we to say that a person like that can't be born? Why would it, why would the parents go, well, you know what? That, that child's going to be born a dwarf. Let's start over. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't really. I'm not really, comfortable with that. I mean, I don't really like the idea of that. But it's like, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's up to the parents, obviously. Yeah, but but I can see if they're like, if this child is gonna suffer horribly. Yeah, you know, the kid's got is fused together with a twin, and you know, like I've seen they had that spider dude. Remember the two kids, two guys yeah, yeah, were yeah. fused together, and they were both, you know real low intelligence and they just walked around like a damn spider and uh no man they were that was back in the 80s i don't think they lived very long um i can understand preventing something like that but and it kind of we're talking about eugenics all right thinking you know the uh the germans of the bet cross were putting dwarves trying to get rid of dwarves you know uh at least some of them they had some of them in concentration camps and stuff they tried to figure out what it was but one of the comments was is that we can't have one of the things that the eugenicists would think is is that especially ones where race has become politicized or, or, or not race but just your configuration is now politicized they went the German thinking at the time was well we can't have all these dwarves because what they do is they marry each other and in a few centuries we'll have an entire species of dwarves and they will be like a voting block that will vote against us or you know what I mean they, they might be adversaries that's a weird thinking, man. That's not, it is it, weird. It's, it's collectivist-type thinking. Um, just because they're short, that doesn't make them a racial enemy or something. You know, It's fucking ridiculous. But see, but that's, that's the way they thought. But see, that's kind of the thing. And, I, 30s, feel, and I feel like, yeah, it was like the thinking. 1920s and 1930s. Yeah. It's like it's very, very easy, particularly yeah. back then, 
to other yeah. people who are different from you. Even if yeah. it's just like something like dwarfism, which yeah. doesn't seem like that big of a deal. No. Like, but it's just like, well, they're not like me, so yeah, you know. I mean, you saw with every like everything like that, whether yeah. it was race or whether it was like you yeah. know this kind of stuff. And like I said, I think that's why this movie made people so uncomfortable back then was because it was just showing them as normal people. Yeah, like they were just doing normal shit, like just yeah. nor you know they had normal relationships. They yeah. had normal like even the Siamese twin girls, like they had separate husbands and yeah. you know. And it's like one of my favorite jokes in that movie was um you know because one of the one of the girls was already um violet and daisy their names because i think they use their real names in the movie but they were quite famous as well like on the sideshow circuit back then um one of them was already married and then and he was always kind of like complaining because you know he's like well i want my wife to stay here and like the sister is like no we're leaving and he's like god damn it you know what i mean because it's like not anything you could do about it right yeah so and then like the other one like, the owner of the circus, like, asked her to marry, you know, marry him. And the the two, like, husbands, like, make a joke, like, oh, well, you're going to have to come over and visit us sometime or something like that. And I was just, like, it was so funny because it's, like, they didn't really have a choice, you know what I mean? Because the two women couldn't be separate because they were, you know, they are conjoined. Yeah, and they were fighting over who, you know... I don't want my wife in bed all morning because 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 you're having a hangover. Right. Yeah, because one, one of them would yeah. get fucked up and then she wouldn't want to get up. <laughs> yeah, and then one of them would be making out with her husband and the one that wasn't making out, she could feel it. Yeah, she was like, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was fucking funny. So it was, yeah. So it was, like, funny. But but like I said, I mean, we can watch it now. It's like, oh, that's, like, kind of cute or whatever. But I think, like, back then they were just, like, really horrified yeah, and scandalized. Yeah. And I was just kind of like... And in a way, like, I don't know how much Todd Browning agreed with this, but they even tried to, the way that they marketed this movie, if you see any of the um, posters from the time, where it's just, they, they it was very, like, um, sensational, because they were trying to, you know, say stuff it's like, what, you know, is this a man? Is it a woman? Like, do Siamese twins, like, do they have sex with each other? You know what I mean? It's like all this other kind of stuff that they were putting on the poster yeah. to make it seem, like, as salacious as possible. Yeah. But, I mean, and, like, looking at it now, you're just like, man, that's a little bit fucked up, like, putting that on the poster. Well, when they showed the Siamese twin, when they first introduced you to the Siamese twin girls, uh, they showed to the audience that you somebody could touch one of the twin the other twin could tell could with, with their eyes closed could tell what that person had done right so they could feel each other through each other which i don't know how true that is yeah that might have been just for the movie i, yeah, I don't know movie. i don't, I don't think i don't was... think it actually they actually like that i don't think their nervous systems are that closely intertwined i mean i guess it would depend like you said on, Depends how... on how much how much they shared like that one girl right. who's basically got two heads yeah, her. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is some of that going yeah, on. Yeah, I in saw there. a documentary. But they're about fused her a few years ago. way, to, you know. Their her upper body's a little bit wider, but they're fused together. Yeah, these two were kind of and more each, fused. Yeah. Um, just kind of like on the backs of their shoulders, like just like yeah. right along here. It seemed like. And I think I think I think the girl on the right controls all the limbs on the right, and the girl on the left controls all the girl. They they, they right. it's a teamwork to run because I don't yeah. think they could feel each other's the opposite legs. But see, the thing about that, it's like, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's sort of thing where, you know, people are probably, 
I the reason that I liked that they put that kind of joke in there about like the husband joking is like, oh well, you'll have to come over and visit us sometime. But it's like you know what I mean. Just like the way they framed it was like kind of funny because yeah. they were just making a joke about it. But I liked that they did that because it almost kind of like deflated because you know everybody like wonders about that kind of stuff. Yeah, was well, this group sex? What the hell? Right, but yeah, this well, yeah. I mean, it's just like anything else. You just have to yeah. like learn to work around whatever you got going on, you know what I mean? So yeah, you're going to have to like work around that. And I think people are curious about it and that's natural. So I think that it's interesting that they just put it kind of like front and center of the movie like that. And it was, and they were just like making like general jokes about it. Like, Oh yeah, well, what are you going to do? It's like, you know what I mean? It's not like you have a choice. Yeah. I think, uh, the original one that they, the the Chinese, the two Chinese brothers were the word Chang and Ang, yeah. Chang and Ang, the one that they named Siamese twins after. They were both married to different women. They were, yeah. And I think they had children with those women, too. Yeah, I, I, I believe they did, yeah. So, you know, that all has to happen in the same room. Yeah, which, like I said... I don't know how they worked it out. I probably didn't care. Well, as yeah. I mentioned, it's, it's not like... And the thing yeah. about it is that if you were born like that, I mean, it wouldn't really seem weird to you i guess because it's like you wouldn't know any other way of being that well, was just the, like the way yeah but the the wives well yeah i know that yeah. but it's like but they had to know what they were getting in yeah for, you would think yeah you know what i mean so they they'd had to be cool part, with that it must have been part of the deal that's what i mean you just had to be yeah. cool with it because like i said it's not like they have a choice yeah you can't really do anything because they about all have it. to go they all have to go places together all four of them probably yeah yeah I can see how that would get real annoying, though. Like, yeah. if you wanted to go, like, in one direction. Like, yeah. that's why I was laughing about the Everybody whole thing. Everybody has to go together. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like, well, I don't want to go over there. Well, too bad. We're going over yeah. there. You know what I mean? It's really going to fucking suck. Yeah, and that's that's why I thought that was funny, too. Like, the with the one girl's husband, like, complaining about when one of them got drunk and just laid around in bed. And then yeah. the wife also has to lay around in bed because she can't get up. You know what I mean? When the other one's just laying there. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's just, it's crazy to me how... I mean, the reaction to this movie was just, I, I just, it, it just like freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen her before. Yeah, that's like, that little dwarven fitness girl from Brazil, you know? It just, you know, things happen. She's good, though. Well, as I said, I yeah. kind of feel like it's a lot better nowadays. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably still get stared at and shit like that, but... I kind of feel like in the 1930s, if you weren't in a sideshow, like people would come and gawk at you and everything. But I kind of feel like if you just walk down the street trying to be regular person, like I don't think anyone would really let you back then, you know? And I'm not saying everybody was like that because obviously, um, you know, some of the like people like Schlitzy and stuff like that. I mean, they had people, but usually the, um, the sideshows and stuff were kind of their own community, you know, and they were a lot more accepting and they were just kind of like, you know, we have to take care of all these people. So they all like took care of each other, which was good because I don't think like the wider society would have, I mean, clearly because this movie came out and everybody was just like horribly offended. It was like a little scene, you know? Yeah. And the thing about it too, is that, it's interesting. I feel like most of the um, most of the performers that were in this movie, they seem to be cool with it. Like I said, they were all on a sideshow and everything like that. But a couple of them later on did say that they didn't really like that the way the movie had come out, that they thought it was a little bit exploitative. Which, like I said, that's fine. I mean, obviously, everybody's going to have different uh, feelings about it. I think in particular, the woman that was in it that was like the bearded lady 
Like, she was in it, but I think she didn't really like how the movie turned out later. Like, she thought it was a little bit offensive. But by the standards of the 1930s, I feel like it's not... I mean, I, you know, I I don't know if I really have any right to say, but I didn't find it all that offensive. You know what I mean? I actually found it really... Actually pretty sympathetic. It surprised me, like, how sympathetic it was when I first saw it, like, for the 1930s. Particularly because... Usually, as I mentioned, like prior to that, if, you know, people with deformities or, you know, birth defects or things like that, like, or people that were funny looking were, or different in some way, were usually portrayed as bad or portrayed as villains. So I kind of feel like this was kind of a big step forward. It's just amazing that it took 30 years really until the 1960s for people to like realize that that's what the message of the film was. People didn't get it. They really didn't. Well, they they really didn't want to get it. They, yeah. yeah, I think they didn't want to get it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Mango said, I think the thing that shocked people deep down was that it uh, portrayed able-bodied people in a bad light. I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And I don't know if you would have asked people at the time, like, why are you so offended? I don't know if they would have said that or if they would have known how to like articulate it. But yeah, I think they didn't like that normally because you have to think, too, this is 1920s, 1930s. It was like, you know, these starlets and everything being all beautiful and glamorous. And the fact that the most beautiful, glamorous woman in the movie was... A monster. Yeah, she's a bitch. She yeah. was a terrible, horrible person, and I don't think people really liked that. I, well, what it is is these people are they're seeing images of people that are you know uh, supposed to uh, disgust them. They're going, they're going like, Ugh, oh my god, oh, that's terrible. But then, then, then what? <laughs> then it turns out they're the good guys, and, and yeah. you shouldn't be you shouldn't be reacting that way to them to yeah. them. And now you feel bad. That, you know yeah, I, mean? I think com- that's exactly what turns happens. Around and it turns around and says, uh, "Hey, you're you're only normal just by luck. Yeah. You could have been like the like like these people. You know, you better you know treat people well. You know, be, yeah. you know they're just people, and they didn't want to hear that. You and know, I, like, oh. I I was watching some earlier too that said that made the point that it's like, well, you know, um, if you live until old age, I mean, eventually everyone's going to become disabled. So you yeah. better like be fucking yeah. nice to, because you know, you're not going to live forever either. You're going to yep. start falling apart and shit. So, yep. so like you said, it's just, it kind of happens to everybody. So I think that's exactly what it was. I think people weren't prepared to deal with their own prejudices, prejudices about yeah. people that looked like that. Like yeah. I think, ha- you know, when people went to see the movie, I think they were expecting the freaks to be monstrous, the to be the bad yeah. guys, and yeah. the, and the, and if that had been the case, I think probably the movie would have been successful. Yeah, yeah. But because they were sympathetic and because yeah. they were the heroes and they got revenge on the beautiful people at the end, I think people were really, really offended. By well, that I think the fr- I think I think the freaks were, was referring to um, uh, Cleopatra and uh, fucking Hercules. I kind of thought so too. Well, because you know what's interesting, I say who the freaks are, right? All right. And I think it was them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the interesting yeah. thing, too, I think the part with the carnival barker at the beginning, I think that was added a little bit um, later, like after they cut half an hour after, out of the movie, like they yeah. were trying to pad it out a little bit. But it's interesting that when they had that scene with the carnival barker, like saying, you know, come in here and look at this shit, like, or whatever, and then talking about um, talking about freaks and everything. And then the very next scene, I think, is Cleopatra on the trapeze. Yeah. So it's almost kind of like they cut right to her, like that's who we're really talking yeah, about. I, I think that's what it was. I think that's um, that's what that edit meant. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's the freak. 
And she was a murderess, or an attempted murderess. And fucking... Yeah, she sucked. She yeah. was awful. Yeah. What a fucking twant that woman was. Yeah. I mean, worse than that. Like, she tried to poison that little man. Yeah. And the and the thing about the thing about Hans was that he was so... He's, like, in love with her and shit. Yeah, he yeah. was... He was... It was kind of sad, because yeah. he was just so um, enamored of her that... I mean, everybody else knew. They are like, look, man, like, she's just laughing at you behind your back, and it's like they were trying to tell him, but he just would not be swayed. You He's don't understand... Yeah, it's like, oh, she's really not like that, and blah, blah, blah. And everybody's like, yeah, she totally is like that. And she was. Like, she tried to poison him and everything. Like, at their fucking wedding, for Christ's sake. Jesus Christ. She's trying to steal his fortune. Turns out he was an heir to a fortune. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she got what was coming to her, as far as I'm concerned. They turned to a duck lady, and I was like, good. Yeah. Super bitch. That's what happens. (laughs) Like I said, she fucked around and found out. Fucked around and found out. (laughs) Got turned into a duck. I do, I do wish they, that they had left in the Hercules castration, though, because that would have been hilarious. Yeah. And it's sad that they, I mean, if that, if that footage still existed, I'm sure somebody would have put it back in there by now, but I don't think it exists anywhere. Unless somebody finds it someplace, but I, I don't think it's in there. Because they cut it out before the movie went to wide release. See, A lot of that shit, when it was shot on film, it degraded pretty quickly. So that too, like silver gone. nitrate, yeah. yeah. So I kind of feel like it's probably long gone. And like I said, it wasn't even like, oh, like later on it got cut. It got cut before it even got ri- wide release. It got cut after the, um, you know, the, the test screenings. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows where that fo- fucking footage ended up, which is kind of a shame. All right, so I guess we've been talking for about an hour. So we were going to wrap this up. So tomorrow night is our main show, so hopefully you guys can drop by for that. We're going to be talking about the Mormons. Yes. I mean, that which is a big topic. I kind of feel like maybe we should concentrate on like the the fucked up shit, like the Mormon wars and Okay, yeah. and maybe the that White Salamander letters we could talk the, about. That? Yeah, 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 we'll talk okay. about that. We'll yeah. talk about and actually I kind of want to watch um cuz I think we watched Murder Among the Mormons that was about that forger yeah. bomber guy. Yeah. We might talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, and it's not going to be anti-Mormon per se. There's a lot of good Well, Mormons. I kind of well, I kind of want to just get into But they did have some weird shit happen in that church and we talk about churches that do weird shit. Nobody's yeah, safe. That's what I mean. Nobody's safe that's what it. I mean. Yeah. Like I said, I kind of want to get a little bit of like the history and the beliefs and everything, yeah. but I mean, honestly, most people want to like see the interesting shit yeah. which is like murders and shit like yeah. that. So, we'll do that and I think there's also cuz that that uh, one about the forger that's on Netflix. Yeah. I think there's another documentary on Netflix that's about a Mormon sect. I think it's called yeah. Keep Sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of want to watch that, so I might watch that like later tonight. I was reading a bunch of stuff, like I was trying to cobble together like some notes earlier today. But I kind of want to watch that and see if I want to incorporate that as well. But yeah, so uh, yeah, so thanks for dropping by, listening to us talk about uh, Freaks today. It's actually on HBO Max if you would like to watch it. It's a classic, and everyone should probably see it. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys again tomorrow night. Bye.